0: Hello and welcome to the Story Toolkit. I'm Basim O'Keel, co-author of Action, The Art of Excitement with Robert McKee and joining me is Luke Lionel, writer and part of the McKee Story Log Team. So today we're going to talk about one episode of Breaking Bad. Yes, We're going to talk why? about your favourite one. It is my favourite episode. The Fly, uh, Season 3, Episode 10. Yes. It's that weird episode where... It's just Walt and Jesse trying to kill a fly in the lab. <laughs> um, I really hope you have seen Breaking Bad, because if you haven't, you missed out. Spoiler alert. No, you just you missed out. You should watch it. It's awesome. Um, so Luke and I uh, broke down every episode of Breaking Bad. We did. For Robert McKee's TV lecture. Um, and um, we, uh, he, he, in it, he screens Face Off, which is the fourth season finale, and uh, he broke that down. I, 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 it's, it's really nice. I, we broke down the episodes. We gave the big overview. We were originally going to give a huge overview of Breaking Bad, and then what happened was uh, he felt we needed to have a screening of a specific episode. So he, uh, I gave him a couple of options. He picked Face Off. I gave him a quick breakdown of the scenes and sequences and then because it's a sequence by sequence breakdown. Yeah. And then he, of course, in his own way, came with all these fantastic insights that I hadn't picked up on. <laughs> so it was really nice. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, we to we we, the two of us broke down Breaking Bad and that was a bit of an epic thing, wasn't it? A slug.
1: Yeah. Is, is a nice way of putting
0: it. It wasn't fun
1: it was insightful though
0: yes we learnt a lot yes but um, one of the things you realise is just how complex it is
1: just briefly how many act turning points was it
0: oh uh, well if you combine all the major reversals across all the different storylines yeah it was over 260
1: 260 major reversals yeah
0: in 68 episodes if you just looked at the central storyline that was 45 act yeah which is insane but that's what you do for long form. Um so anyway, but the reason we're going to talk about The Fly specifically is we're going to talk about subtext. Yes. And um and the subtext in scenes because The Fly is in, is really filled with subtext. It's um It's
1: it's all subtext.
0: It's not about The Fly. Um and part of the impetus is, is <laughs> when we were when we were researching Breaking Bad uh, Luke, you 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 found something. Yes,
1: I found I found a um a a breakdown by by some other guy on the internet who um uh, I th- I th- was it hero's journey? Yes, he said it's a, Breaking Bad is a perfect example of the hero's journey, start to finish. <laughs>
0: Um, oh, have we talked about the hero's journey in the podcast? We
1: haven't done any hero's journey in the podcast. Are you
0: sure we haven't?
1: Yeah, it's. I don't believe it's ever. It's ever come up. I know we did. We did in the Star Wars. Oh, we did. No, you're right. We did. That's so I, right. I. i good because yeah, yeah. I, I want to preface this
0: with how how much I have attacked <laughs> the hero's journey and how. What you're about to say is going to make my point a bit clearer How not every story is the hero's journey. In fact, well, that, very few that, are, <laughs> and less want to be.
1: Um, the, the The point uh, the point he was trying to make was that it, it it perfectly fit the hero's journey, and so ended up crowbarring yes. the various hero's journey turning points. And when it came to the fly episode, this person said, "And this is the great example of the mid season or mid." Arc. like this is the light hearted moment yeah and I think that was it It was just a, a little sentence dedicated to the fly saying this is the bit where where things lighten yeah it's um, the, relaxed, we, yeah, re- it's the rest relaxed part. it's the rest part yeah and what we wanted to discuss was just how it is utterly the opposite yeah this is our competition ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um, it, 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 to to say that
0: about the fly this is the reason why I hate things like heroes journeys and formulas Pro- maybe more so than what they deserve
1: but uh, yeah, I think
0: more so than they do. But the reason is because people do this kind of crap all the time. Actually, which is they shoot they they ignore the text itself for a presupposition of their own. That the only way you can say the fly is the rest. You would never ever watch the episode of the fly and go that was a nice rest, relaxing episode, unless you are looking for something to give that name to. And you feel you have to. Yeah. The real response to that is you go, oh, this proves that not every story is the hero's journey because there is no rest episode. Or I think relaxing episode. Just on the
1: hero's journey, I don't think it's necessarily that you hate it that much. I think you hate misuse of it more. That's true. That is true, I I, I, I hate the... Um, in and of itself, Hero's yeah, Journey, I don't, fine, yeah, but... I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I kind of love it, in, actually, in a way. I do love the mythologies, and I, yeah.
0: so I guess you're, you're quite right there. But this is an example of what I can't stand about these things, like people yeah. going, it's three-act structure and all that stuff, and all this kind of thing, and it's just, guys, you actually study the texts, don't read other people's analyses of them, Study the text and you'll realize this is nonsense. This is one of the reasons why I like what we're doing, particularly with this whole taking one thing and giving it, getting specific about it, because we just talk about what actually happens in the story and you see how the mechanisms of it work. And we're going to do that for The Fly. We're going to show you all the subtext in The Fly that makes The Fly one of the most intense episodes of Breaking Bad. And one of the most harrowing episodes of Breaking this is Dead. This is why it's my favourite. Even though... The, so the subtext of The Fly is harrowing. Uh, you're going to see how deep into the characters it goes. Yet the text of The Fly is a farce. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. On the surface, it's a stupid farce episode. But deep down, you go, oh my Look at what's going, to these char- going through these characters. And the, the distinction between the two is enormous. And people are thrown off by it. Because it's really hard to do. It's very theatrical. It's, this is what you would normally see on stage. Yeah. And it's so well done that you... Sometimes I think people just... And I say this not as an snobbish way. I refer to myself in this way as well. Sometimes you're just not prepared for good writing. You 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 know, you have happy meals every day, you forget what gourmet tastes like and you go, <laughs> the the gourmet's wrong. It's like no the gourmet's better than what you've been having, you're just so used to the bad stuff. I remember when I realised, uh, after watching Sopranos for four seasons that every character was lying all the time. <laughs> and I'm so used to when you watch a show and a character lies, at some point someone turns around to go, You know, that character's lying and they prove to you that they're lying Whereas in Sopranos they never do. They just lie all the time and no one picks up on it but you're supposed to. Yeah. are <laughs> <laughs> supposed to. I remember, I actually remember the moment I was re-watching an episode of Sopranos and it's a bit where Chris is complaining that his life hasn't taken an arc like they do in stories. Yeah. And he says, you know, uh, what, you know, that guy in the Fugitive Kimball's arc, no way, he has no arc, he just runs, 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 runs. Uh, Devil's advocate, Keanu Reeves, he's there, he's this lawyer, he's this good guy with this good wife. Then he becomes this evil lawyer who does all these things. That's his arc, right? He starts down here and ends up here. <laughs> In, multi- In Chris's view, he first of all, he cut out the ending, right <laughs> And he, he didn't realize that like the film is saying the exact opposite that he sold his soul to the devil for Chrissy, him becoming this monster is like a great thing. Um, and I remember what I saw... Uh, I don't know, that was like the third time I saw that scene, oh, he's wrong. <laughs> the writer knows he's wrong. The writer isn't actually saying this is the the arc of Keanu Reeves characters in the film. He's saying, oh, Christopher Maltzati doesn't get it. And I'm like, ah. And then I start noticing, oh, they're all lying. All the time. All the time. Lying about everything. Um, and you just don't pick up on it at first because you're so used to bad writing. Yeah. You think that's how writing's supposed to go. So sometimes I think with The, with the Fly some people I think they just go it seems like a nothing episode because yeah. you're and not you're not that, looking at it right
1: that feeling is um, is there amongst other people as well I know yeah. other people I've spoken to who, who love the show yeah. don't care much for this episode yeah. um, it's a really good episode every time I see it I fall a bit more in love with it mm. because of just what's going on in it I think I didn't quite realise how much subtext there was in yeah. in that episode. But certainly it was the, the ending to the episode, which obviously we'll get to. But I saw it first yeah. time, saw that and thought, oh my God. You yes. know, I understand. Yeah, like, I, I, I get it now. I get the point of the episode. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. In that it's not light-hearted.
0: <laughs> no. So uh, let's set the stage, I guess. So uh, at this point in the series, uh, Walter White is working for Gus... And he's had Gale fired and replaced with Jesse because uh, Walt feels guilty for Jesse uh, uh, over Jesse and wants to look after Jesse and protect Jesse. And part of the reason that he feels that way is because he let Jesse's girlfriend Jane die.
1: Was it the end of season two? At the end
0: of season two, she. Uh, they. They are. They. Uh, what's the word? Regressed. No. Relapsed. Yeah. They've relapsed back into their drug addiction. And uh, he goes and sees Jesse and Jane passed out on the bed. And he moves Jane over to look at Jesse. And Jane throws up and vomits. uh, And then chokes on her own vomit. And he doesn't save her.
1: That moment, by the way... Yes. Just like your Chris Montesante moment, that I remember seeing that episode for the first time... Yeah. And the look on Brian Cranston's face when he realises what's happened... Yeah. And when he just chooses... Yes. There's this... this the yeah. look on it, I thought yeah. i It was like I'd never seen real acting before, that moment. <laughs> yeah, right, like, you go... Oh my oh, God. Oh, wow. You know everything that's going through his head. What is Hal doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's when he stopped being
0: Hal from Malcolm in the Middle, right? Uh, no, yeah, you, you get it. You just And he plays it. There's no lines, nothing, but you know no. exactly what he's thinking. Um, and he lets her die. And as a result of this, her dad, who is an air traffic controller, accidentally causes two planes to crash over Albuquerque. Uh, air, airspace. And hundreds of people die. And so Walt... Uh, is in this situation now where he has killed hundreds of people. His family hates him. Uh, Skylar hates him completely. Uh, he's got Jesse in into business with Gus, knowing full well that he has used up Gus's um, good graces and is very much aware that Far from being safe and able to just work as he wants, he's now trapped with a man who will kill him—a serious, proper, cold stone gangster man who will kill him if he does one thing. And the reason he knows that he'll kill him is because Gus has uh, killed the cartel. Right. Right. He did well, uh, not the cartel, but the twins. Yeah. He's had the twins killed. How did he get the twins killed? The, 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 so these two assassins had come to Albuquerque to kill Heisenberg because they ki- uh, killed her because they blamed him for the death of Tuco, Salamanca, their cousin. And Gus says, well, actually, no, the person who killed Tuco was Heisenberg's DEA brother-in-law, uh, but they can't go after the DEA. So Gus says, no, I'll sanction it. You can go after the DEA. And he then warns Hank. Hank kills the twins, almost dies in the process. Then this allows Gus to kill uh, uh, Don Juan. I think his name was. No, is it was Don Juan? Don Aladio is the, the the guy he kills later. So I'm not sure if it, which one is. But he kills the guy in charge of the twins, and he gets rid of people in the cartel. So and then Walt works out this is what Gus has done, and tells Gus, you know, I understand what you did. I respect the strategy. Uh, but he also realizes that he is with a stone cold master criminal killer. And so he knows how much danger he's in. And by bringing Jesse in, and he knows Jesse is stealing meth from Gauss. And that, you know, if they make one mistake, they're both dead. So that's, that's where we are going into the That's fly. where we are going in with the fly. And the episode opens with Walt um, going into the lab and hearing a fly buzzing around which he considers to be a contaminant and will ruin the cook. Um, it's worth pointing out as well, if we're going to set the scene, uh, the dimensions of these characters. So we counted we gave a quick cursory count and uh, Walt has, in this episode, expressed, correct me if I'm wrong, we said four? Four dimensions, yeah. So there were four dimensions where he is distracted and focused at the same time. Yeah. So he's really constantly being distracted by the fly, but he's really focused on the cook and on the fly and everything. Uh, He's fragile and tenacious. So he's really fragile, like he bangs his head and he gets concussed. He's got cancer. He's frail. But at the same time, he, he doesn't give up. He keeps going. He's tireless. You know, he's just insanely tireless. Um, what else do we say he was? Crazy and sane. Oh, yeah, He's crazy. It's like he's concussed, right? <laughs> yeah. So on the one hand, he is incredibly methodical, sane, lucid. rational. Lu- yeah, lucid yeah. is a great word. He's really lucid. But on the other hand, he's completely incoherent. Yeah. He's it's just
1: rambling. R- yeah, once Jesse comes in, yeah, and there there are conversations where he just yeah wanders so off.
0: That's it. He's rambling and lucid at the same time. And uh, oh yeah, he the whole episode is he's guilt ridden and remorseless. Yeah. On the one hand, he has no real guilt for what he's done, and on the other hand, it is eating him up. So there's four dimensions for Walt <laughs> in one episode. It's a forty minute episode. Yeah. But the the, the reason is because he <clears throat> well. This story is about what's going on in Walt's mind. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to be more dimensionalized than usual. Plus, he's the protagonist uh, uh, towards the end of the third season of his show. So, he's going to be more dimensionalized. But while Walt has, I don't know, uh, well over a dozen dimensions, in this one episode, we see four of them. Yeah. So, for example, we don't see any of the dimensions that are relating towards him and, say, Skylar. Or yeah. Hank yeah. Uh, We don't really get the Walter White Heisenberg Dimension in this no. episode Because that's not what this episode's about But we get four um, And Jesse is the other character in this episode It's only the two of them Yes And Jesse has how many did we say?
1: Three Three. <clears throat> what did he have? So he's uh, he both hates Walt And loves Walt
0: That's true, he's really concerned for him But he really hates yes. him at the
1: same time um, he's very torn up, but he's also accepting. Yeah, that's the true. The Jesse stuff. Uh, sorry, not Jesse. Yeah, the Jane stuff.
0: Yeah, he is torn up, but he. Yeah, he. he at look, the end, he accepts it. He's yeah, he's accepting of what happened to her, but at the same time, he can't let go of her, mm-hmm. right? Because he keeps hold of her. There's a cigarette butt in his ashtray in this car yeah. with her lipstick on it. Yeah, and he can't throw that away, but at the same time, he accepts that it's it just happened.
1: Um, he's also Jesse is also lazy and dedicated
0: yeah he, he wants to just leave yeah. doesn't care about doing the it, great cook it's only a fly cook. yeah it's only a it fly matter. we just have to get the cook done that's all that matters but at the same time uh, he is really really dedicated to um, the cook yeah uh, he'll do it um, there's also now that I think about it there's actually maybe a fourth dimension for him in this
1: episode which would be he
0: loves and hates himself
1: so I think he's got the same dimension but directed it himself
0: yeah because on the one hand uh, he has accepted who he is Um, he but on the other hand he's he's basically poking the bear with Gus by stealing meth
1: oh yeah so
0: on the one hand he's accepted who he is
1: he doesn't steal meth in this episode does he no but he's been
0: doing it so well, surely that's more expressed than Well no, because at episodes. the at the end in the resolution, Walt does say to him, you know, if you keep stealing, I can't protect you and he goes, No one's asking you to oh,
1: So I on see. the one yeah. hand he's uh. like
0: he wants to stay alive but he's got a bit of a death wish that maybe loves and hates himself is the wrong phrasing. Yeah. But there's a sense of like on the one hand he's looking out for himself, protecting himself, he wants to survive. But on the other hand, he doesn't care what happens to himself.
1: Don't necessarily want to argue the point because we want to get onto uh, subtext. But I would say I don't think it's necessarily expressed in this episode. Okay, much. I could go with that.
0: But basically, he's three dimensions. waltz four. Yeah, more yeah, or yeah, less. Yeah. They're they're almost the same. And um, it's and you and obviously, I mean, straight away you realise okay. They have to be this dimensional to create scenes because there's only the two of them, right? Mm. So you, because you can't have different characters into the scene and it's the same situation.
1: Yeah, so you can't even. You, there's no French scenes.
0: It's no, so it's, the... what do you do? Well, you okay? You have Walt's distracted focus dimension against Jesse's um, never give up lazy dimension. Uh, then you have to say the distracted focus dimension against um, say uh, Jesse's um, loves Walt, hates Walt. Yeah, so I mean, so they change that relationship up. I mean, I wouldn't have thought they'd think of it that mechanically. No, rather, what's happened is they've got these characters with such um, variety to them that as they're writing it, they can they can think how can we change? You know, they just think where does this next scene go to? And these characters have within them. Yeah. The ammunition yeah, yeah. to do it. So it's more it's more it's less that it, that 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 idea of being mechanical of let's compare this with that, that's a way of accessing that. But the point is they have to actually have those traits to be accessed anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how you access them really. So let's talk text then. Yes, let's talk text. So Walt wakes up and
1: um so goes got, in. Yeah, goes to the lab, discovers the fly. Discovers the fly. And spends the first couple of minutes chasing the fly. He chases
0: the fly. He throws his shoe at the fly. He tries all kinds of things. He throws the shoe at the fly. The shoe gets stuck up in the ceiling. So then he climbs up one footed all the way to the top, reaches out to try and knock his shoe off. He does, but he falls, bangs his head on the vat, which causes him to get some sort of concussion. Uh, then he raises the pressure in the lab, which is probably not good for someone with a concussion to do. Jesse shows up. He looks at the cigarette butt in the ashtray. He goes into uh, the lab. The lab pressure causes his ears to pop. He sees that Walt is going crazy about this fly. He thinks maybe something's going wrong with Walt. Walt is then using the science to convince Jesse that, hey, actually, if the fly's in here, our cook won't go well. that's his special power. Exactly. Science. Exactly. <laughs> then Jesse tries to get on with the cook, but Walt won't let him. They have a bit of a fight. Then he decides to play into Walt's thing by saying, okay, let's get the fly. He goes, he gets equipment to kill the fly. None of this is like good enough equipment. Uh, they can't contaminate the place further with aerosols and things. And they keep Going and going, uh, that doesn't work, this doesn't work. They drink coffee, they talk, and then eventually um, Jesse's had enough. He puts a ladder on top of a table, <laughs> climbs all, all the way to the top of the all ladder. In the
1: meantime, in the background, you have the threat of um, not getting the cook done. Exactly, and...
0: there's the timer ticking yeah. down on how long they have to get the cook done. He gets up there, he tries to get the fly, <clears> and Walt says, don't bother, um, because... It's all ruined anyway. And um, and then they, they actually get the fly.
1: No, he gives up, doesn't he? I thought they got the fly in the end. Oh, contention. They get the fly, no, but then the fly survives. There's another says, fly. No, he says give up. It's it's, it's ruined. Which yeah, but then anyway. when they come back down, they see the fly.
0: Oh, they do. Sorry, and they get the right, fly, but right, then there's right. another fly. Right, there's another fly. Uh, it doesn't really matter the fly. <laughs> yes. that's the, that's the <laughs> we're thing. getting caught up caught up in the text. No, but the so. point is, yeah. it's like whether or not they get the fly is actually the thing you remember least. Yeah, right. That's how ta- yeah. that's how you can tell the fly is not what the fly is about. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's basically the text of it, right? Yeah, that's what happens on the surface. It's this ridiculous farce. <laughs> a nice light-hearted. Episode. Yeah, about two drug dealers concerned about a fly. That's actually not what's going on at all. If you just listen to what these characters are saying and see what they're doing, you realize none of this is what's happening.
1: You made a good point when we were talking about this before about.
0: Yeah, I try to make all my points off recording. Yeah. All the best. So, by the way, you know, those of you listening, um, all the good stuff isn't what's recorded. I'm like, I fire on all my cylinders when the mic is off, and then when the mic is on, I'm like. I can't remember anything, so I just want people to understand that. So, when you're reviewing this on uh, iTunes, if you could just remember to put five stars for the stuff you didn't hear, because that stuff is (laughs) that stuff is five stars. This stuff, I mean, maybe two or three, but it's off, 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 off mic. Off mic five. five. There aren't enough stars. (laughs) So if you want to, yeah, just just anyway. It's like, what did I say? <laughs> like, Why, yeah, well, oh, what did you say? Oh, you
1: said that you? bit right there is clearly a one star moment. I just, <laughs> <laughs> um, you were making a point about the the opening scene when he's it, it, uh, when he's chasing the fly, and it's funny, yes, um, just that as a microcosm of, um, not the show in its entirety, but. Yeah. Um, It was just the clear text and subtext there. Yeah,
0: because there's subtext in the beginning of the episode where he's chasing the fly and Jesse's not in there. There's subtext in that scene, even though there's no dialogue. Mm. Subtext isn't a character says X but means Y. Subtext is the text does this, but actually it's about this. Um, So often that's with dialogue, but it can be done with action. So the beginning... Uh, of this or other activity. So the beginning of this episode, what is, what's the text? The text is Walt is chasing a fly. He's banging his head, knocking things over. It's hilarious. It's funny. Um, it's you know you bite your nails a bit because it's a bit dangerous, and you know he's got cancer and he's a frail old man. But at the same time, like he seems to be indestructible and so it's kind of funny and, and um, Brian Cranston is just so wonderful he's so funny he's able to get really frustrated not being able to get the fly the fact that he can't, he can't get this fly he's Heisenberg but he can't get a fly yeah. It's very funny but the text that's the text but the subtext isn't that what's actually going on in this scene is not Walter White is chasing a fly the subtext is Walter White is losing control he can't keep himself composed anymore. The the his ability to keep himself in control as Heisenberg, and compartmentalize and rationalize and justify to himself all the things he's done, in order to make the money, to look after his family. And as we pointed out, you know where Walt is at this moment in the series the number of people that have died, how much danger he's in, all that stuff. Beginning of this episode, on the surface, it looks like it's a funny f- slapstick, the moment with he's chasing a fly, but the subtext is, a single fly is all it's taken to shake Walt so completely out of his strict persona and made him just fall apart and do the stupidest things imaginable. He climbs up to the top of this of this lab, at reaching for a shoe and falls. It's one of the stupidest things he's ever done. Hmm. He's lost it. We can tell he's he's lost it, and we know because of all his secrets and the place that he's in. The one thing he can't do right now is lose it. So that. <laughs> That's the that's the that's the first sequence yeah. of this episode. Is oh look at him running around, falling about. Oh shit, he's about to die. Yeah, all his crimes are coming back to get him. So yeah, it's nice and relaxing. Um, that's the, that's so there's so that's the subtext in the scene without any dialogue, and I'm not we're not inferring something that's not oh yeah i've put that in that's actually there yeah that's not something that we're just making up to make it seem more important than it is what if you watch that scene it's so evident there's no music it's shot really close to him for a lot of it you see what's going on in his mind it's not shot like a comedy moment mm. okay and when he falls it hurts it's it's funny but the, f- the adrenaline that you're feeling to get those laughs is coming from watching him lose control. And then Jesse comes in. And then the progression of the episode starts to happen. And the progression of the episode is they get more and more intimate. They get more and more intimate, those two characters. Um, the first thing... Uh, so, you know, <laughs> when they come in, Jesse's like, did you bang your head or something <laughs> like that it's really like, hard <laughs> really really hard um, so Jesse thinks that Walt's got a concussion um, and he's worried that uh, Walt is kind of you know just, just concussed and Walt doesn't do much to alleviate that as halfway through a speech he stops and chases the fly <laughs> um, so, Jesse, Jesse accuses him of trying the product <laughs> He does. Yeah. Jesse says, Have you been trying our product? Yeah. He thinks he might be uh, taking the math, right? So it's funny. But then it starts to change a little bit. Um, The dynamic between these two characters keeps shifting. Who's in charge? When Jesse comes in, Jesse's in charge. Jesse's in control. But then when Jesse tries to add to the cook, Walt suddenly takes over and starts. Pushing Jesse around and then Jesse has to go out and run errands for him and then they keep going back and forth and that thing and it gets and the dyna- and the uh, intimacy gets further and further to a point where Jesse starts telling Walt about his aunt who had cancer and he says you know my aunt's cancer metastasized and went to her brain but that was okay. Because now that we knew it was in her brain, we could go and get the treatment for it, could sort it out. And she was a lot happier. And Walt goes, just stands up and goes, where is it? Looking for the fly again, like yeah. he didn't hear a thing. But Jesse, in that scene, is being very intimate, sharing something with Walt to try and say, what's he saying? It's all right. It's okay if you're on your last legs. I'm here for you. See, he loves Walt in his own way. He's very concerned for him.
1: But the, that that story is a great example of. Um, so the, the the opening sequence is action. Um, yes. As the subtext beneath the action. Yeah. Beneath the dialogue, Jesse's dialogue there. Yeah. He's just telling a possibly random story about his aunt. What he's really saying is, Walt, it's okay. Yeah. If you're crazy... It's okay <laughs> it if it's going to your you. brain.
0: Yeah. You need to get it checked out. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, so he's, he's talking not, about... He's his, not talking about his aunt. He's talking about Walt. And then, uh, after that, Walt starts telling Jesse something else. Walt starts telling Jesse that he's lived too long. And that if there's this perfect moment there he could have died. And he comes up with the perfect moment. He realises what the perfect moment was. The perfect moment for him to die would have been the moment just before he killed, he let Jane die.
1: Which, of course, he didn't say.
0: He doesn't say that. <laughs> he, he tells Jesse everything about that night except that one moment. Yeah. He tells him about how before and he, he actually met um, Jane's dad in a bar at random and the dad being the one the air traffic controller that caused the planes to crash he met him in a bar and was talking to him and he said you know they were talking about family and he goes you know i never told you about this jesse but i was sitting there talking to him how crazy is it that i met that man on that night how crazy that what did he talk about his family what did he say he had a daughter you never give up on family and i took his advice i didn't give up And when he says he didn't give up on his family, he's not referring to Skylar, he's referring to Jesse. Yeah. Because he looks at Jesse in that way of saying, I didn't give up on you. And Jesse gets that because Jesse remembers that after Jane died, Walt was there for him. And Walt took him. And what Walt is doing is Walt, at that moment, he's telling him these stories. Uh, and he's he's talking about, like, you know, I don't believe in destiny and all that stuff, but at the same time, it must mean something, right? He's trying to look for something greater than what has happened. He's trying to see the higher purpose behind what's going on in his life because it's just... He, he doesn't want it to be, essentially, what it is, which is that he let this girl die for no real reason and that caused hundreds of people to die. And then... Jessie gets up on the ladder and Walt says I'm sorry, I'm sorry um, about Jane and Jesse's well it's not your fault, it's not my fault, it's not her fault, it's just how it is, these things happen and he goes no 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 I'm really sorry and what we are doing, this is this is how you know we're not making this up, this is actually in the episode right? What is the central question in your mind in all these scenes that I'm referring to?
1: It's not, are they going to get the fly? No, it's, is Walt going to confess? Exactly. About killing Jesse? Is Walt,
0: you keep thinking Walt is going to... Or Jane, Yeah, Walt is going to say, I'm the reason Jane is dead. It's driving the whole episode. Will Walt actually tell Jesse? And he doesn't. He never actually tells him. Uh, he does eventually in <laughs> in the in the at the end of the series.
1: He does in the subtext, though. Surely, him in, saying "I'm sorry about Jesse." Yeah, but Jesse really, doesn't. But know Jane, that. rather. Yeah. No. Je- no. Of course, Jesse doesn't. doesn't know. That, but no, Yeah. Jesse. When he's saying that.
0: "I'm sorry," he's not saying "I'm sorry she died." I'm so- no. He's saying "I'm sorry I let her die." Yeah. 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 I'm sorry what I did to you. I'm actually sorry, and more importantly than that, he's apologising. Because he can't apologise to anyone else, he's not just sorry for that. He's sorry for everything. Yeah, I mean that whole thing about I wish I died. He's he's just like this has all gotten away from me. I don't know what to do, and I'm really really sorry. And he's just apologising to Jesse. We are wondering: will he actually tell Jesse? Will Jesse work it out? And then there's the bit where, where he says to Jesse, "Forget it, Jesse. It's too late." Right, and Jesse goes, but I'm so close, and he's referring to the fly, right? Mm. But in terms of what's going on in this episode, <laughs> that's that that little phrase of dialogue basically means it's too late. The apology, it's too late. Doesn't matter. He can't fix it. And Jesse is that close to finding out, but he isn't going to. Yeah, and so the subtext of, of this episode as you see it build is all about will Walt tell Jesse about Jane and therefore all the people that died in the airplane crash and all the other, will, can Walt admit his guilt and admit his mistakes he can't do it, he won't do it Just doesn't do it and at the end he then goes you know Jesse I'm protecting you, from, I can't protect you from Gus if you keep stealing and Jesse's whatever right and so this episode is a huge setup as well for the Walt saving Jesse at the end of the season yeah you see every time Walt tries to save Jesse he damns him a little more every time tries to save Jesse from Jane damns him a little more tries to save Jesse from his uh, selling meth and all that stuff gets him involved with Gus damns him a little more tries to save Jesse from the gangbangers ends up getting Jesse uh, and himself put on Gus's death list and Jesse has to kill Gale for him and on and just every time he just da- damns Jesse a little bit more every single time um, and he knows he's doing it and he doesn't know how else to do it, he doesn't want to he just do- keeps doing it um, or the, Walter White doesn't want to do it but Heisenberg doesn't care take it that way if you want um, but, so yeah, the the subtext of this episode is just harrowing. It's about a man a, coming face-to-face face with his guilt over hundreds of people that he's killed, that he's responsible for, the lives he's ruined and ruining. It's not even that he's finished ruining them. He's still ruining the lives. He knows it's not over yet.
1: I remember when... Um Season seasons one and two came out on DVD over here, and there's a big uh, gap before three came out. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You ambushed
0: me with that. I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to forgive you for this. So hold on, I'm going to tell this story. Here's your five star rating story. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this story. We did the TV lecture in London, and um, Luke is talking to this man, and Luke introduced me to him, and he introduced me and say, what was that thing you are saying about how season 3 didn't like, oh yeah and I went off on this little tirade about how they didn't release season 3 on DVD for ages because Channel 5 had the rights to air it but they aired it at 3 in the morning and no one watched it and so no one thought they wanted it so they held on to the DVD rights until they could get the rights for selling it to the terrestrial thing and uh, and then eventually they gave up and they went season 3, season 4 came out back to back really quickly and the guy you introduced me to goes yeah I'm the guy who made that deal. And so on the one hand, I was right. (laughs) But on the other hand, I was being a bit of a prick. And you, and you were smiling.
1: It was worth it. Yeah, right? Completely.
0: You, you, you vaulted me.
1: (laughs) You, You got Heisenberg. I got Heisenberg. And I felt like
0: such an idiot. Like oh well, you know the story that I just spent five minutes telling because it's your story. It's like thanks a lot, man.
1: So carry Pleasure. on with what you were just about to say. Pleasure. Oh, I d- nothing else is going to better that moment. <laughs> nothing I say. No, season two came out, and I remember discussing it with you um, uh, because you expect um, with the, with all the flashbacks or sorry flash forwards. Um, with the the debris and the the eyeball in the swimming pool that that are throughout season two, um, you sense that everything's going to come together and tie it up in a nice neat little bow because that's really what you expect from Breaking Bad, yeah. uh, and they never quite did. It was always very separate, and it took a lot of um, kind of discussion with you to uh, figure out that actually the whole point of season two was that. Walt can affect this huge number of people and not really know about it. Yeah, like the plane crash, in itself is a, is a way of expressing the damage he's doing with the yeah with the meth, right? Yeah. Um, but one of the reasons I love this episode is because um, it's it really just deals with that and actually yeah. goes deep into Walt and the fact yeah. that he can't cope with it. No, he can't because it doesn't really. I don't think in the previous nine episodes of this season it doesn't really go into that at all. There's a very... I mean, they get a laugh out of the plane crash. You remember the speech in the school? Yeah, And his way of...
0: But that's the subtext of that is him trying to justify it. Right. There's the bit where he's driving along and uh, the dad tries to kill himself and it's on the news and he turns that off and he has a little moment there. They hint at it a lot. Yeah. Um, They keep niggling at it and then in the fly they pay it all off. And after the fly, it changes, right? Walt becomes even less (laughs) guilt-ridden. Right? This is his most guilt-ridden episode. After this, the guilt's kind of gone. Yeah. After he refuses to admit to Jesse what he did uh, and he realizes that it's too late and that he's made too many mistakes and he can't fix them, he just carries on that path. And uh, survival kicks in, because uh, that's what he wants to do. And speaking of survival, uh, The Fly... I mean, the, the episode is basically an allegory for the show. Yeah. Because Walt locks himself in the lab. One of the the crazy things about the Gus storylines, people don't realise, is Gus wouldn't have killed Walt. Gus kind of isn't the monster Walt keeps... Th- like, Gu- Gus is really... Really horrible. But Gus had no... But he's no, pragmatic. Yeah, he had no interest in hurting Walt. Like, if he did, he'd have killed Mike a long time ago. Yeah. But Mike saw it. Mike gets it. Like, we had a good thing going, Walter. You know? Mike gets that. Gus, no matter what he did, like, Gus, Gus's thing with the cartel was purely revenge-based. Hmm. Gus is very business-like. He has no interest in rocking the boat. So, Walt... You came in with your ego and your pride and you screwed everything up. So there's this thing of Walt actually has locked himself in this situation of his own making, thrown himself into this dangerous thing, made all these kind of mistakes, and then, at the end, gets Jesse to do his killing for him. Right? Right? Yeah. He creates the whole situation and then needs Jesse to get out of it and as Jesse is doing it, he's saying, I'm sorry, Jesse, for making you do
1: this. If nothing else, it's an allegory for season three. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Given the climax of season three yeah. is exactly yeah,
0: that. Yeah. It's 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 the whole episode is allegorical and but again allegory isn't the same as subtext. No. But this is like the whole thing is very what, allegorical.
1: What is the difference then? Just to make it kind of clear. What's the difference between allegory and subtext? Uh, They're not the same thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) An allegory is this represents... X represents Y. That's an allegory. Yeah. Subtext is X is about Y. There's a difference. Okay. So it's not allegorical that Walt is losing control in the opening scene. He is losing control in the scene. It's just that it's being delivered in a way that makes it look like it's a bit of a slapstick fast. but actually what's really going on is he's losing control. The allegory for that is it's allegorical of the situation of season three entirely.
1: So I was going to say that scene, therefore, there is subtext, but it's also an allegory. Yeah. Okay. They're separate things. I just thought it was you worth... you can have subtext
0: without allegory, and you can have allegory without subtext.
1: Sure. I just thought it was worth just really defining for yeah. for, for people to. Animal to Farm,
0: to for example, I think is allegory with that subtext, right?
1: Uh, I don't know it well enough. I mean, I, I know, so I know I that right. I, I know it's yeah. an allegory. If I know right, sure I know it there's there.
0: no subtext in Animal Farm, really. Maybe there is, but anyway. <laughs> so there's, they're different. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. So um, yeah. So the fly it's just this alleg- and we were talking about like what the fly represents.
1: Oh, yes, the, the I mean the actual fly itself. Yeah, guilt. Yeah, my the first Heisenberg danger Gus. First two or three times I watched it, I was just so sure that it was guilt, but I think that's more because that's where Walt is at at the end of the episode when yeah. when they're that close to getting the fly. Yeah. And I think at that moment it's yeah. more about guilt but actually the, through through the rest of the episode it's not the, the episode isn't all no
0: it could represent guilt. the cancer yeah really the fly that the reason it's hard to articulate what the fly is uh, a reference for is because that's the point in the sense that it it's a fly yeah. <laughs> it's it the, the whole point is it's not meant to be articulated it's being articulated but through story not yeah. being like like this is one of the things that people don't get sometimes when you break these things down and say dimensions the point of these things is to name them for learning purposes and your own self-awareness of writing and so forth but when it's actually done the, the you express it that way because that's what the way of expressing it you're not writing an essay. You're writing a story. So the fly, the fact that it's not easily articulated is not anything wrong with it. It's just that when we're trying to unpack it and express it in a way outside of the story, yeah, it loses some of it. Well, why? Because it's not meant to be expressed that way. It's meant to be expressed as a fly in an allegorical story rife
1: with subtext,
0: episode 10 in season 3 of this show. I mean, we we talk about
1: this stuff a lot. Yes. But it's it's... There are occasions where you, you do you do just turn around and say, "I think we need to stop there." Like it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it's, we know the fly represents being being able to articulate it as like some sort
0: in some sort of really clear clinical term is not that relevant. No, we know what it is. It's an allegory. It's a metaphor, etc. But at the same time, what does it represent? Everything going wrong. Yeah. The fly is just the representation of things going wrong and Walt can't control them. That's what it represents. The cancer. Gus. Himself. Yeah. Jesse. Everything. Because Walt has so little control. And yet there's this thing that's threatening to throw everything out. And what is it? Something small. A little fly. But it's not really a little fly. It's a really big deal. And uh, Walt uh, is just... Walt is is terrified of Gus he can't make any mistakes Yet at the same time he lets the entire cook go bad over a fly which shows you just how messed up he is so this episode is just it's so not about the fly
1: <laughs> it's
0: just not about the fly the fly is um, an allegory for everything else that's going on and you can see just the, the subtext that's going on in this episode, it's brilliant
1: It's really brilliant What can we learn learn? For our own writing I
0: think what we can learn is You're not as good as these guys Give up (laughs) Just uh, forget it Watch Breaking Bad a bit more And uh, cry And go into retail (laughs) Or or, Alternatively alternatively, uh, Not everything you're going to do Is going to be this rife with subtext not everything is appropriate to have this level of subtext, but um, the point here is this is a huge um, swing from text to subtext. Okay, the text is farce; the subtext is harrowing psychological drama. Okay, sometimes the text and subtext are close together. Yeah, and sometimes they're so close that they are the same thing. That's fine too in some situations. In this case, it's really far apart so what I would suggest you t- take from this is look at it and then see other forms of subtext and create that little encyclopedia of subtext I, I was going to
1: say that's I think we, we've given you a really extreme example yeah um, Specific, because it's clear such example. a great example yeah. but if you look at um, what most stories yeah. should have some kind of subtext right? well it depends some kids
0: stories you don't want to do it some fancy stories fancy you don't stories, want to do yeah, it uh, it, it can it can ruin it. Uh, some stories that are very allegorical can be problematic. I mean, the allegory in this is an allegory for the show itself. If you're doing an allegory for something like Animal Farm, I don't think a lot of subtext would necessarily be helpful because it, this might blur the allegory. The message. Yeah, the, yeah. So it's it's just and also you couldn't have every scene of everything be this intense and like Breaking Bad doesn't have this amount of subtext every episode, no, to no, this no, no, extent. No. So um, it's just one of those things where um, that's why I just always say you know have as many examples as you can because then you can alter it. And it's a question of need for yeah, your story, yeah, and what you're capable of doing and learning. I mean, in treatment is is the is the big subtext thing. If you yes. really want to study subtext, look at in treatment. Geez. But that, Are you, you saying know. we should have
1: done an episode of *In Treatment* instead no, of *No*? Because it, 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 it,
0: uh, this is really self-contained. *In Treatment*, geez, it's not self-contained. There's not every episode ties into the next. And yeah, you, can, you couldn't you couldn't separate it, make it that clear. This one is really nice and clear. I liked, I, I liked your *Sopranos* example for subtext. Oh, yeah, the fact that everyone's lying. The subtext of The Sopranos is everyone's lying all the time. That's all there is to it. (laughs) Tony Soprano says one thing, he meant the other. It's not even really subtext, it's just lies. (laughs) It's just lies. lies. (laughs) Um, I'd like to point out that this is longer than the episode of The Fly.
1: (laughs) There you go. There you go.
0: That's because you know why? Because The Fly is condensed and very poetic and. Uh, specific. This is us unpacking the fly. There's more to the fly than is actually in the 40 minutes that it takes to tell.
1: (gasps) What? Was that an allegory for our podcast? Wait. Five stars! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Done! (laughs) Okay, we'll see you later. Bye! (laughs)